0: Marky Mark, here with another episode from the Brokenness to Faith podcast. You can check us out on our Instagram, brokenness underscore to underscore faith. You can also um, email us at brokenness to faith at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, um, we'd love to hear them. Some of you have given us feedback. We'd love to hear if you have topics you want us to talk about. Please hit us up, write us, let us know because If we're talking about things you don't care to hear, but you have a list of things you want us to talk about, we'll gladly talk about them. Let us know. Um, Today's episode, though, is going to get me charged up. It's going to get me annoyed. Um, When I was thinking about this um, idea, um, I thought, man, this is a good idea. I ran across some videos on YouTube, and I don't think it's a coincidence. So I started watching different things, and then it just got me fired up, so I started... Thinking about through experience, what I've watched, what I've read, cross reference things with the Bible. And I just started to get fired up even more. I don't really have a title. I I guess I I almost wanted to call it um, Prosperity Rant. But I think we're just going to call it Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. It's entitled Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. And today we're going to talk about the prosperity gospel and how it annoys me, how it bothers the crap out of me. If you don't know what the prosperity gospel is, what we're going to do in this episode is I'm going to tell you uh, somewhat of what the prosperity gospel is. I'm going to tell you what a lot of major uh, prosperity gospel people, who they are and why why they're wolves in sheep's clothing and how they misinterpret scripture and how they just basically shatter and slaughter people's lives financially and different things. And then we're going to end with scripture on what the Bible is really about in terms of blessing and things like that. Wolf's and, Wolf and sheep's clothing is the episode. The prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel believes the gospel will make you happy, healthy, and wealthy. Hmm. As a Christian, are there times where I'm happy? You betcha. Are there times where I'm healthy? Oh yeah. And are there times where you're wealthy? Yeah. Sometimes I got a I got a hot twenty bucks in my pocket. What can I say? But in reality, most of the time you're not always going to be happy. You're not always going to be healthy. I have a plethora of health issues right now, and you're not always going to be wealthy. I don't I personally don't live paycheck to paycheck. I live a little bit beyond that, but there are people who do. You know, to say the gospel make you happy, healthy and wealthy when there have been Christians for years who aren't always happy, who aren't always healthy and don't always have a lot of money, you know, that's kind of a lie. I got some quotes here. Um, forgive me if I get yelling in the middle of this, I'm just warning you now, it bothers me so much. Charles Spurgeon, a great theologian, he said, I believe that it is anti-Christian and unholy for any Christian to live with the object of accumulating wealth. You will say, are we not to strive all we can to get all the money we can? You may do so. I cannot doubt, but what, in so doing, you may do service to the cause of God. But what I said was that to live with the object of accumulating wealth is anti-Christian. I like another quote by Leonard Ravenhill. I'm going to quote him later, too. When there's something churches don't like, they call it legalism. You say, okay, what, what does that quote have to do with when you're getting into the prosperity gospel? When there's something churches don't like, they call it legalism. Well, I say that quote to say, uh, because when you call out these leaders, when you call out prosperity gospel preachers, they lash back. They yell at you. They defend their ways. I know the Bible does say, you know, have an answer for everything. Be ready in season. I get that. But whenever you get defensive, not being on the defense, like sharing your beliefs, like, you know, this is what the Bible says about, you know, how God is the one true God or this and that, whatever. That's different. Then someone asking a question, and you yelling back, saying, no, you're wrong because of this, this, and that. You know, they lash back at you. I'm going to go through a, a few um, prosperity gospel teachers, some you might know, some you might not know, all of which are filthy rich and are hindering a lot of people and um, just bothers the crap out of me. Um, first one, and there's a point, because you can say, Oh, you're just going to bash people. How can you bash people? That's not right. Um, yeah, when people are preaching a false gospel, we have to call them out on it. And I'm saying this to you guys because maybe you listen to some of these people. And everything I say, first and foremost, I should have brought something the beginning. I, I'm going to back it up with Scripture it, throughout, and especially at the end. But if you listen to some of these people, research it yourselves. Look at it yourself. Cause I don't want you going into this thinking, oh, he's just wrong. No. Give it a chance. Look into it. Uh, first one I want to get into. First person Kenneth Copeland, uh, televangelist, has a big ministry, books, different things he sells. On top of that, um, in an interview that's actually on YouTube, you can see it um, on YouTube. Uh, I forget the, I forget the show, um, but the reporter came up to him and asked him tried to ask him some questions as he was getting in like a fancy car on their premises, on their ministry premises. And um, he was, Kenneth Copeland was quoted as saying before this whole interview, I do not fly commercial because I do not want to get into a tube with demons. I do not fly commercial because I do not want to get into a tube with demons. He said that prior to this interview at some point because people were criticizing him because he had two private jets and then a third smaller jet that was supposed to be used for ministry, and he and the interview went on to ask him, interviewer, about that quote, and she said, "Do you believe some people are demons?" And uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. You can YouTube it. Um, he yelled at the reporter and pointed at her. And if you see this video, you see his face, and it almost looks like a demonic face, like it was a little scary. And he pointed at her and told her. You need to stop that. I do not believe people are demons, and don't you go telling people I said that. And the reason he said that he doesn't fly commercial, he said he saw people one time on a plane drinking heavily, and he said never again. Hey, look, that could sound something like, hey, that's, that's respectable, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, he goes and owns two private jets, one smaller jet, and he, he goes on to say it is to accommodate his schedule. He said, I never, I never literally called people demons, but um, there's just no way I could go about doing all my speaking engagements on a regular airplane. And then when they asked further, and just, this is just one interview. There's tons of them. Asked further, um, does he ever use his private jets um, to travel to his vacation homes and use it for things that are not just for his ministry? And he said, yes. Also in that same interview, he was quoted as saying, the Bible is full of wealth, referencing money. And he went on to talk about the Old Testament and Abraham and the Old Testament covenant and how there's prosperity there and how Abraham had all this wealth. It's sad. The basic principle of the Christian life is to know that God put our sin, our sickness, disease, sorrow, grief, and poverty at the foot of Calvary. He was quoted as saying that. The basic principle of the Christian life is to know that God put our sin, our sickness, our disease, our sorrow, grief, and poverty at the foot of Calvary. Quoted as saying it. This is what his wife said. As, uh, Gloria Copeland, she put it in her book from 2012, God's Will is Prosperity. That was the title of the book. And it said, give 10 and receive a 1,000. Give 1,000 and receive 100,000. In short, Mark 1030 is a very good deal. That's what she said in her book. But that's very contrary to what the Bible says in Luke 6:35. But love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. Then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Kenneth Copeland, Gloria Copeland, you're abusing and using God's people. You're abusing and using the people made in the image of God, taking their money, using it for jets, using it for your vacation home, using it to take your jets to your vacation homes, using it to preach a false gospel. If you give so much, you will get even more. Let's move on. You can say, oh, you're just bashing people. I don't care what you think. You can turn off this this podcast. You don't have to keep listening. But I'm just keeping it real because there are false prophets out there. The, these are wolves in sheep's clothing, and they're annihilating people's finances. They're annihilating people's images of Christianity. It makes me sick. Pastor Creflo Dollar. Literally, that's his last name, Dollar. Pastor Creflo Dollar, C-R-E-F-L-O, Dollar. He got um, scrutiny, and he got, uh, was on the news because they found out um, about him that he was asking his congregation to give more money because they needed to raise $65 million so he could have a Gulfstream 650 jet. At the time, to get one of those jets, there, were, there was a wait time of four years. Four years for this specialty jet. There's a wait list. And there was only four known for sale that were gently used. And he was telling his congregation to help him raise $65 million for this private jet so that he can continue doing his ministry weekly, going around his different ministries he has. Another thing that's very eye-raising is his earnings and wealth have no financial transparency. And this is the same goes for Kenneth Copeland and a lot of these people I'm going to mention. There's not a lot of um, financial transparency there. Dollar has refused to disclose his salary for declining to disclose any financial information to independent audit. Creflo Dollar Ministries received a grade of F, failing, for financial transparency by the, by the organiz- Christian organization Ministry Watch. Ministry Watch is a, an organization that helps make it transparent when people are looking at ministries to give to. They give them letter grades based on how that ministry is, how the transparency is. So people don't. So people can go to the site and be like, "Man, I really feel like giving to this. Let me read up on it." And they can give them quotes, not just quotes, but facts and statistics on how legitimate these ministries are. And they gave them an F for failure. Of um, to be um, transparent with their finance with their finances, and then he went on to say, "There's a quote by um, Clef Dollar: When we pray, believing that we have already received what we are praying, God has no choice but to make our prayers come to pass. It is a key to getting results as a Christian. Wow, just wow." When we pray, believing that we have already received what we are praying, God has no choice. Oh, so, you know, we're, we're doing something that makes it to where God doesn't have a choice anymore. But to make our prayers come to pass, it is a key to getting results as a Christian. You might as well just say, is a key to getting what we want out of God. And it, it's no coincidence that... He said in an interview that Kenneth Copeland was a mentor and he also said he needed his jet, his private jet he was trying to raise money for, to accommodate his schedule, just like his mentor. Hmm. Again, I'm going to say it a bunch of times throughout. You're just crapping on a bunch of people. Yeah, because they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And I know realistically they're not going to hear this because they don't even listen to the truth. They don't listen to anything. They don't listen to correction. They don't want to hear it. So really, I'm, I'm sharing this for you guys out there who might believe these people, who might know people who are like this, who have fallen into this trap. It's sickening. It's damning. It's disgusting. And it pisses me off that people are giving their hard-earned money. They're giving some of these people have hardly any money left, barely enough to pay their rent. And instead, they give it to these prosperity gospel preachers, thinking they're going to get saved, changed, rearranged, and that, that, that money that was used for the rent is now going to somehow, giving it to this ministry, will give them a brand new house and a brand new car. When in reality, it makes them forfeit their rent and they get in trouble. While the prosperity gospel, they get the new house and they get the new car. It sickens me. Benny Hinn, a lot of you know of him. I want to read you a quote. Not by him, but you'll be surprised by who, who it's from. The greatest threat to conservative Christianity isn't liberals. It is from within. Those who appear like they're sheep, but they're wolves. You know who said that? Costi Hinn, C-O-S-T-I Hinn, Benny Hinn's nephew. The greatest threat to conservative Christianity isn't liberals. It is from within. Those who appear like they're sheeps, but they're wolves. See, his nephew worked with him. He did all these things with him for so long, and he saw how disgusting it was. He realized how bad it was. Benny Hinn has also caused controversy for theological remarks and claims he has made during TV appearances. In 1999, Hinn appeared on the Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, claiming that God had given him a vision predicting the resurrection of thousands of dead people After watching the network, laying out a scenario of people placing their dead loved one's hands on TV screens tuned into the station and suggesting that TVN would be an extension of heaven to earth. Are you kidding me? Let me read that again because it's it's ridiculously crazy. Claiming that God had given him a vision predicting the resurrection of thousands of dead people after watching the network laying out a scenario of people placing their dead loved ones' hands on TV screens, tuned into the station, and suggesting that TVN would be an extension of heaven to earth. This is crazy! It's ridiculous! Mind-boggling! This is where I get really annoyed, really mad. There was a a crusade, and I put that in quotations, he was doing uh, in Canada, and hidden cameras, and what I'm about to say is uh, there's actually video of it, there's there's an interview with this mother and daughter. It, this is a legitimate interview, and this is what happened. Hidden camera showed a mother who was carrying, and I'm, I'm probably going to botch the, the name here, who was carrying her muscular dystrophy afflicted daughter, D-Y-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y, muscular dystrophy, dystrophy afflicted daughter, Grace, who was in a wheelchair and could not walk. And she was carrying her down. to to Benny Hinn when there was a time of healing, where you could come up for healing. But they were stopped by two screeners. When they attempted to get into line for a possible blessing from Benny Hinn, the screeners asked the mother if Grace had been healed. And when the mother replied in the negative, they were told to return to their seats. The pair got out of line. But Grace wanted Pastor Benny, the daughter, daughter, this young daughter wanted Pastor Benny to pray for her she asked her mother to support her as she tried to walk as a show of her faith in action. According to the mother, after several unsuccessful attempts at walking, the pair left the arena in tears, both mother and daughter visibly upset at being turned aside. Well, I'm even, at getting turned aside and crying as they explained to the undercover reporters that all her daughter wanted was for him to pray for her, But the staffers rushed him out of the line when they found out Grace had not been healed. See, Benny Hinn is a joke. He's a fraud. And you know what he does? He takes people up on the stage that you won't suspect if they were healed or not. So then he can pray for them and say they're healed. But he will never put someone on the stage that's in a wheelchair and can't walk like, like this young girl, Gracie. He will never put someone on stage who has cerebral palsy, something where you have to actually show. Like you would actually have to be walking. If you're in a wheelchair and he says, you're healed, you would have to actually be walking for people to see that healing. But all his healings are freaking placebo effects. They get you standing up when, when it's just people who they might have a tummy ache or they might have something internal. And maybe it's legitimate. But he can say you're healed and have this music in the background, and people are just going to believe they're healed when they're not. And it's a fraud, and it's sickening. His ministry has been cited by the same watchdog group I mentioned um, earlier. Let me get the name of it. Uh, Ministry Watch. Excuse me, that's what it was. There was a watchdog group called Ministry Watch, and they said he also had a lack of financial transparency. Again, his nephew, Costi Hinn, went on to say that Benny Hinn calls the prosperity gospel, no, that Costi Hinn calls the prosperity gospel damning and abusive. It's exploitive of the poor and vulnerable, and arguably the most hateful and abusive kind of false teaching plaguing the church today. That was his nephew saying that. And this guy worked with Benny Hinn for a while, hand in hand, He was a part of getting some of those good things, those nice houses, nice cars. And he saw the sickening things that went on and the damning things of it. And it bothered the crap out of him. He got out of there. This is legitimate stuff. And I can just see, this is old, but I can just see that, that young girl who's older now, Grace, wanting to be healed. If you see the interview on YouTube, wanting to be healed, and she's crying. And the interviewer asked her after this whole event, you know, what what did you want? And she says, I just wanted to walk. I just wanted Benny Hinn to pray for me so I could walk. Benny Hinn has created something to where it's like you go to him to get healed instead of going to God. But he's created this prosperity gospel and this crusades to where if I just go to him, man, something's going to happen. But they got it all wrong. I feel for her and her mother. Because they believe someone has the power to heal them from God. It wasn't God directly. And I feel sorry for them that they believe that Benny Hinn could heal them. And I feel sorry for them that Benny Hinn led them astray. Because Benny Hinn is a bad person. I don't care what you say. I got another one, and I know I'm just reeling them off. I got a few, uh, and then we're going to get into some other stuff. Um, if you're still listening, thank you. Please. There People I'm naming, there's a lot more. I'm just naming a few. There's a guy named Reverend Popoff. He was famous in the 80s, and he would do all these healing services. And if you just give so much money, you will be healed. And I might have mentioned him in, in some prior podcasts, and what they would do is him and his wife to come to one of his – I don't know if he would call it crusades, but – healing services, or miracle services, they'd want you to fill out a form. Almost like you would online when you're going to a concert. You you fill out a form, you, your information, your debit card, your address, all this stuff, and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't ask for that, per se. You'd pay to get in, of course, but they would want to know your name, if you had any illnesses or sicknesses, you know, your age, your race, all these different things, and then what they would do is the wife would be behind the scenes she would have these informational sheets. And she would pick one that looked really good. And she would she would tell her husband, ask if there is um, uh, a Latina female um, in her 30s. And then someone, he would say that, you know, because he had like an earpiece on. And he was like, is there a Latina female in this room in her 30s? And someone would raise their hand. And then the wife would go and ask if she has, uh, she's been having um, – just tr- trouble walking and, you know, lower back pain. And he would say, are you having trouble walking and lower back pain? And the crowd would be astonished because she'd be like, yeah, I am. And then the wife would keep feeding him stuff off her sheet. He wasn't a prophet. They're just using these sheets, these things they got. Now, how did this all get found out? Because there is a group, there is there is a, a, a secular group that thought this stuff was phony. And so they, they took some equipment, and I don't know if they're in the service themselves or what, but they took some uh, small equipment and they were able to intercept the, the, the hearing, the things that Rev Popoff was hearing. They were able to hear it as well, what, what the wife was saying. And, then that, and they were able to record it and get it on tape. And it led to the downfall of his ministry. But what's sad, because you would think, I'm happy. His ministry has fallen. Yeah, but now because of that and because of this information which needed to come out and how it was all fake and it was all a show, there are many people, and this was in the 80s, but I'm sure there are still people today that saw that stuff and now want nothing to do with God, want nothing to do with Christianity because of people like Rev Papa and all his stupid stuff that he did. He led people astray and all those people in those rooms when they heard about that stuff they probably pieced out. They want nothing to do with God. And there are people who might have been interested in God at one point, but they see these interviews, they see these things on the news, and it just sickens them. And you can say, yeah, but that's not everybody. Yeah, but if their taste of the gospel is what they see in these prosperity gospel uh, preachers, they're going to want none of it. Even if you are a good person, even if you truly love God and you have nothing to do with the prosperity gospel. I know people who hate God. And it's because of these prosperity gospel preachers. Like, I have friends. I'm not just saying I, I know people. Like, legitimately, there are people. I'm 28 now. I grew up with people in high school, and I'm still friends with some of them on social media. And they hate Christianity because of televangelists and prosperity gospel preachers. Is that the majority of Christianity? No, it's not. It's actually a very, 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 very small percentage of, of Christianity. I put that in quotation. There are people who are led astray. They want nothing to do with the gospel once they're exposed to the falseness of it. And then there are people who will never get exposed to the falseness of it. They're caught in it. They truly believe that their leader, pastor, is a sheep when they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. And those people, I question if they will make it to heaven, those followers. I question if they are so deceived, will they even get to heaven? And it's damning and it's sickening and it's saddening all at the same time. The prosperity gospel preachers, they like to back up what they're saying by quoting Galatians 3.14, or at least the first part of it. The New Living Translation says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. You see, they like to go back to the old covenant, Abraham and how Abraham prospered, how Abraham had wealth. But they don't finish the verse. The next part of that verse says, So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. You see, they just quote Galatians 3.14a. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. Talking About prosperity, but they forgot to do the last part of that verse. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Paul, who wrote this, is talking about spiritual blessing, not financial blessing. Are you kidding me right now? God can spiritually bless us. Our time's going to be hard, yes. Our time's going to be crazy, yes. But God can spiritually bless us if we do our best to follow his word. We don't have to be perfect, but a lot of the things in the Bible, a lot of things that are outlined in the Bible are there to give us a blessed life. Does that mean lots of money? Hey, look, there are Christians in the church who truly, sincerely love God and are legitimately good servants of the Lord, and they might have a decent amount of money. Part of that might also come back to the profession they're in. There are doctors out there who make really good money. And some of them are really good, strong, legitimate Christians. And then there are people out there who are strong, legitimate Christians who make minimum wage. And neither of them is worse or better off. Oh, look at that guy. He makes all this money. Money isn't necessarily bad in uh, and of itself. It's the wanting of money that's bad. I know people who own their own businesses, and they started with nothing. And they built it up to probably close to million-dollar businesses if they sold it Say, people in my own church. And they serve the church. Some of them are leaders in the church, and they're not bad people. It's not wrong to have money, but it's wrong to want money in the wrong ways. What do I mean by the wrong ways? Well, like, hey, we're working, me and my wife working our butts off. Just sometimes it's really hard to pay the rent, and we're truly giving what we're supposed to give to the church like the Bible prescribes. We're trying to give above and beyond to missionaries. We serve the church. We're really trying. Just sometimes it's hard. We need more money. That's Okay. But to want more money, that's different. And there, and that's what these prosperity gospel preachers teach. You give, you will get even more. That's sad. Can we be financially blessed? Sure. Or are there going to be times when we might not be? Yeah. That's part of the Christian walk. And you might think, okay, all these prosperity gospels, blah, blah, blah. Can't be a lot of people into that. Well, first off. If there wasn't a lot of people into this prosperity gospel, if they weren't led astray into this, then these prosperity gospel preachers wouldn't be millionaires. They wouldn't have private jets. They wouldn't have multiple homes and fancy cars. They wouldn't have any of that. But they do because they have lots of followers. And again, I'm not saying this to say you can't have a nice house. I know pastors who don't necessarily make a lot of money. May, they make a decent amount maybe. But some of their hobbies are fixing up cars. So then you see them, and they're driving this nice car, and you're oh, man, he's a shady pastor. Just because a pastor has a nice car. It doesn't mean he's shady. I know pastors who have nice things, and they don't even make a lot of money from their church, but they they wrote a book, or they, they have other avenues. They have a side business outside the church, and that's how they make their money. Don't just assume if, if pastors have nice things, they're bad people. But a lot of prosperity gospel preachers, they have nice things because they are bad people. Because they do things and they manipulate. And I want to get back to, you might think, oh, there's not a lot of people. There is a lot of people led astray by this stuff. That's why they make lots of money. And I got some stats for you here that I want to read to you about the stats on this. In 2015, YouGov surveyed a 1,000 American adults who described themselves as born again. You know, as either born again or as an evangelical Christian and asked their views about particular preachers and whether wealth is a sign of God's favor. On the question, do you believe that prayer can make you wealthier? 15% of whites, 42% of blacks, and 25% of Hispanics answered yes. On the question, is wealth a sign of God's favor? 9%, say, 9% said yes, were white. 34% that said yes, Um, of 9% uh, that said yes were white, 34% that said yes were black, and 24% of Hispanics said yes, or they said definitely or probably. When it comes to black prosperity gospel preachers, black evangelicals were much more likely than either Hispanic or white evangelicals to have a favorable or somewhat favorable opinion. 70% of blacks had a favorable opinion of T.D. Jakes compared to 10% for whites and 24% for Hispanics where most whites and Hispanics answered not sure 71% and 64%, compared to 15% for blacks. The results were much lower for Creflo Dollar. 28% of black evangelicals held a favorable view, compared to 3% for whites and 8% for Hispanics. However, most black evangelicals also held more favorable opinions of prosperity preachers who were not black. They were more likely to be very or somewhat favorable view of Joel Osteen, Pat Robertson, Benny Hinn, and Kenneth Copeland. Additionally, one in four black and Hispanic evangelicals believe it is acceptable for, e- for religious leaders to become wealthy through their religious work compared to one in seven white evangelicals. This isn't a race thing. I'm just trying to point out that there are people who are deceived into thinking that if they give whatever little they have to this preacher, then they will become wealthier. Are there true, legitimate stories of Christians who gave their last dollar to the gospel and God blessed them? Yes, I believe it. I truly do. But there are many stories of people who've given their rent money. Instead of paying their rent, they gave in to these prosperity gospel preachers to say, If you just give your rent money to us, you not only your rent will somehow be paid, but you'll be given more. And then what happens weeks later? they're kicked out of their apartment because they didn't pay their rent because they they listened to this stupid freaking prosperity gospel preacher. I want to read you some quotes from legitimate good preachers who aren't prosperity gospel. We are settling for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves. David Platt. Prosperity cannot be proof of God's favor, for this is what the devil promises to those who worship him. John Piper. My favorite one, and I quoted this guy earlier, Leonard Ravenhill. The early church was married to poverty, prisons, and persecutions. Today, the church is married to prosperity, personality, and popularity. The early church was married to poverty, prisons, and persecutions. Today, the church is married to prosperity, prosperity. Personality and popularity. How true is that? You read in times, and you know, in Bible times, how some of their leaders were in poverty, how a lot of them went to prison and faced persecution. And no, I'm not just talking about Jesus. Many of them. Yet today's top leaders, in quotations, promote prosperity. They have cool personality and they have popularity. First Timothy six. 6 through 12 this is where we get into scripture. But godliness actually is a means of great gain. I don't want to read that first part again because that's, that's pretty important. But godliness is actually a means of great gain. When accompanied by contentment, for we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Prosperity Gospel, First Timothy 6, 6-12. Jeremiah 23, 30 to 31. So I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who steal messages from one another that they claim are from me. I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who are using their own tongues to declare the Lord declares. The Lord affirmed that I am opposed. I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets. He is opposed to them who are using their own tongues to declare, the Lord declares. What he is saying is people are saying, the Lord says, the Lord declares. I believe the Lord is saying tonight. They are using the Lord's name and putting in a bunch of garbage thereafter and saying the Lord said that or the Lord is speaking to them. It's a bunch of bull. Second Peter 2.14. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They're experts in greed and a cursed brood. That is prosperity gospel people, prosperity gospel preachers. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. You know, a lot of these people who give in to this prosperity gospel, they're people in poverty, all ages, races. They give their rent. They give their car payments. They give what little money they have left, expecting some healing, expecting their rent money that they're giving up to go from their rent money to a new house and a car, when in reality it becomes a new house and a car for that pastor, while the person who gave up that money is now on the streets. Matthew seven fifteen. watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. It's sad. It is very, very sad. I wanna go back to this Reb Popoff guy for a minute. This happened in the eighties, right? I was telling you the story earlier. His wife had information from from these sheets these people would fill out before they got there and she would relay it to him on stage and, and he would say, Is there a woman this age and this race in the room? And they would raise she would raise her hand, people would get excited and he would say what illness she had apparently um, based off what the wife, information the wife was giving her. Well, that ministry fell apart when they when this information came out, what they were doing. But guess what? Many years later, he resurfaces. He resurfaces. And this isn't a race thing. It's on a few channels. But he resurfaces on a lot of late-night infomercials on BET, what was once called Black Entertainment Television. Now I believe it's changed to Better Entertainment Television. But he has shown up on BET late-night infomercials, and on other late-night um, channels, or other channels, late-night infomercials. And he's back on the air, claiming, if you give so much money, God will bless you. I have in my Bible, and if you go to my church, um, you can even ask about it. In my Bible, um, they, they they said in some of their commercials, like, we will give you a free this or a free that if you give us your information. So I did. And they kept sending me letters with, like uh, – with, like, some free, like, um, incense, like, weird stuff. And they'd be like, if you at this time of the day use this incense, and then in the morning use it one more time. Or, you know, they had this one where it was like, it was almost like flattened cotton balls, and they, and, and they, they called it manna. And they said, if you take two of these pieces of manna with three cups of water right before you go to bed at this time, and then in the morning when you wake up, you, you you have the last two, and you drink two cups of water this time. God's going to bless you, like legitimately. If you know me, ask me about my Bible. I'll get it out for you. And I still keep some of those in my Bible because I, I want to be reminded of how ridiculous it is and how bad these people have gotten. And it's a joke. And over time, they kept saying in these letters when they'd give me this, like, cheesy, crappy, free stuff. They, they would keep saying, if you send this money, Send us money. Always about sending us money, and you'll be blessed. Well, eventually, they kept sending me letters, but they stopped sending me the, the free stuff, the the incense in this packet, this little cheesy packet. This, um, it basically was called it. Man, it was like flattened cotton balls. It looked like, you know, they stopped sending me the stuff, but they kept sending me letters. How I can be blessed. You know, if I give, and then eventually, because I wasn't giving, I wasn't giving into that crap. I wanted to see what free stuff they'd give me and see how ridiculous it was. Well, eventually, they stopped sending me letters altogether when they couldn't get a dime out of me. There's another one. Um, ICOC, it's a ministry. International Churches of Christ. I know people who are in this. And they will tell people to give 10%. Okay, that's what the Bible prescribes. I think I've shared this about them before. But sometimes they tell them to give above and beyond that and say, you need to give 20, 30, 40, 50 percent. This is why. Here's why we need to do this. And they will tell you, if you don't do it, that means you don't have enough faith and you're not a true disciple. They say God will bless you if you continue to give. But there's a reoccurring theme because their top leaders have no financial transparency. And there are many Christian watchdog groups like the one I mentioned earlier, and they prove that. And it's sad that there are people, some of these people, I've seen videos on YouTube, non-Christians who were once a part of this Christian cult who have said that they were in college and they didn't make a lot of money and they were paying for school and different things. And they would still tell them, you need to give this this amount of money. Certain weeks would be, you need to give this more money. And if you didn't, you weren't a true disciple. You weren't a true believer and you didn't trust God enough. The people at the bottom make pennies, if anything at all. And they lose money, and they go broke, and they go poor, and they go homeless, and it's freaking sickens me. And then there are people in the back who are counting that money. I can imagine counting the money they're making as they're flying in their freaking jets, or they're driving around in their in their nice car with their with, with their fancy drivers driving them everywhere, going back to their nice home. All the while, the people in their congregation struggle. Believing that one of these days, when they give up their rent money this time, that they will get healed. There are hurt, broken, freaking people out there who are paralyzed, who are on their last dollar, who are financially broke, who are mentally broke, who are physically broke, and they're hurt, and they're giving all they have to these people, thinking these people, through God, are going to heal them, and it's a sham. It's a scam. And it freaking sickens me. It bothers the crap out of me that there are people out there who have walked away from the faith because of prosperity gospel preachers, because of these wolves in sheep's clothing. And honestly, I know I need to ask God for forgiveness in my heart towards these people. I do. I get it. I I pray that God, you know, changes their hearts. Uh, But I got to be honest, right, because I cannot lie. There's a part of me, and I'm being real here, and I know it's wrong. There's a part of me that wishes that these prosperity gospels that have led many astray be damned to hell themselves. For what you have done, you need to, you yourself are going to be held accountable on Judgment Day. And I hope, and I know it's sad, and I know this is wrong for me to say this, but I hope you get damned to hell for all the bad that you've done. I know the Christian thing would be, I pray that God changes their hearts and they get right with him. I need to pray that, but I'm just telling you, it's sickening that there are people who believe these lies, who believe these scams, people who are struck in poverty, who have so much health issues, who have so much financial issues, and they keep giving. They keep giving to some of Satan's demons. They keep giving to Satan's army all the while they're cashing in. They're making the big bucks, producing these books that say, if you buy this book, you'll be blessed. And in that book, if you give more money, you will be blessed. Yet most of these people have a lack of transparency in their finances. Hmm, imagine that. A buddy of mine, his church, shout out to Sunrise a Christian Center in Everett, Washington. Um, their pastor, John Hammer, a mentor of mine for a year when I lived out there. Uh, amazing person to me. If you look at their church bulletin every week, at least for a while when I was there, the whole time I was there, they have their financial, um, like, givings, like, how much, what their budget is, how much money they've made, how much it was this time around last year, something similar to that, and it was very transparent. At my home church, we have a meeting, I believe once, maybe it's twice a year, but I, I know for sure once a year where everyone in the church is invited. And we go, it's super boring, but it's a little three to four page packet of all of our finances. How much money was given to the church this year? How much money was taken in? How much money people, the certain staff made? Um, how much money went to missionaries? And how much money like specifically went to this missionary and that missionary? How much money went to the youth group, youth camp, VBS, children's ministry? We lay it all out there once a year. So if people be like, man, how can I trust this church? How do I know where the money's going? Hey, look. Every year, we have a meeting, and we go over all the finances for the year, and you can look at every single one of it. And I'm sure if you asked our leadership, you can get a copy of it too. Like, hey, I didn't go to this meeting. Can I get a copy of it? Yeah, of course, because we're transparent. There are prosperity gospel preachers who are going to be damned to freaking hell because they will not be transparent with their finances because they know they they living up in those jets and those limousines. they living it up with those cab drivers they got driving them around everywhere those pilots flying them around everywhere to their vacation homes all the while they're taking they're taking the money from the people the, the little bit of money people have left and there's enough crumbs from each of those people that they're taken from that it that it creates a feast for them and it creates the people who gave up their crumbs it makes them hungry and starving I'm done. I I can't do this anymore. This it's pissing me off. These people, go go look at it. Look at some of these people, Pastor Kenneth Copeland. Go go look at uh, Cleftlow Dollar. Go look at Benny Hinn. Even I didn't even mention him, but Joe Olstein. Look at some of these people and look at their controversies and look at it for yourself. Don't just read one document. Don't just read watch one interview, but do your research and you will be sickened by it. If you know people who are stuck in this stuff, who believe in this stuff, kindly, gently pray for them and ask God for wisdom on how you can help them get out of it and in a way that they will want to listen to you. This is the Brokenness of Faith podcast. It's your boy Marky Mark. If you have any questions, concerns, maybe even with some of the language I used, it is what it is, but you can email us at brokennessoffaith at gmail.com. You can also, um, if you have any um, questions, concerns, you can also go on our Instagram, brokenness underscore two underscore faith. We're trying to update that more. And um, please talk to us, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, This was me keeping it real today, unfiltered. Probably I wanted to go a little more, but a little more unfiltered, but for the sake of whoever's listening, I I tried to keep it somewhat PG. I don't know if I accomplished that. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Keep us in your prayers. And if you have prayer requests, again, you can send them to us too. Any topics, let us know. Thank you again. This is Brokenness to Faith Podcast.